What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to a very special edition of the Mitch Davis Show. It is Monday, February 5th, right after the Super Bowl. We have a very special guest today. We are going to be joined by Mr. Blake Lovell. He is host of Forever March on Nashville Sports Radio and founder of SoutheastHoops.com. He's going to join the show to talk all things SEC basketball, including a little national basketball as well. I hope you enjoy this interview, and it's going to be a very true, true, great interview. Thank you for listening. We are joined by Mr. Blake Lovell on the phone. Mr. Blake, how are you doing today? Mitch, doing well, my friend. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very fun, exciting time in the world of SEC basketball right now, that's for sure. Man, it is exciting. I mean, you uh, you just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like we were talking before we got on the show, look at Auburn. I mean, Auburn's sitting here at top ten in the country now, you know, potentially getting a 2C in the NCAA tournament. The SEC looking at the RPI is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy right now, and that's why I keep trying to tell people is, you know, you'll see fans start freaking out sometimes when their team loses the game, but you got to remember just how high all these teams are in the RPI, and there's really not a bad loss anymore. Vanderbilt's, you know, beyond 100, that's probably considered a bad loss, but everybody else, I mean, there are no bad losses in the SEC, so that makes it easier to kind of stay in that NCAA tournament discussion. Yeah, so we're going to, the first question of this interview, we're going to talk a little bit about Auburn. Is Auburn a legit Final Four contender? I know Auburn's very tough to beat right now. Well, I think they are, and I, there are some people that would disagree, and we've had this disagreement sometimes with, with people, you know, on the radio show I do and on podcasts and such, and there are people that just keep looking at Auburn and they're using similar. I guess you could say similar reasoning in that Auburn's non-conference schedule was not as strong as some other teams around the conference. Um, they have yet to play teams like Florida or Kentucky. And so I think just looking at that, that people are going to have concerns. They'll point towards Auburn being undersized and maybe not having that superstar player. But I would counter with this in that the fact that to say that Auburn hasn't played anyone, I think Tennessee right now is a better win than Kentucky or Florida. Because Tennessee, as we've seen, is now a top 15 team. Tennessee's a team that could very well sneak into the top 10 possibly next week. And so I think the Vols are better than those two teams. So I don't think they really necessarily need to prove that they're a legitimate team, and that is Auburn, by beating Kentucky or Florida. Now, Auburn's not going to win every other game the rest of the way. We know how the SEC is. They've got some tough parts of their schedule coming up. This will be the toughest stretch they've had. Uh, but they're still a very legitimate team, and that balance and that depth that they have, the energy that they play with, the confidence, there just aren't many teams around the country that are playing like that. And I think betting against this team right now is hard to do just because of how much energy and confidence they are playing with. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. And you mentioned Kentucky. What is what is up with Kentucky? They, you know, their woes. They went to West Virginia, won that is a beautiful game that they played in the second half. Then they come out against Vanderbilt very flat. Should have lost that game. Vanderbilt gave it up, and then lost Saturday against Missouri. What is going on with Kentucky? And how do you see them getting that fixed by March? Well, I'm going to use the big buzzword. I guess it's probably been used for years and years now. But I mean, it really a big part of it does come down to the fact that Kentucky is very young. And I know people get tired of hearing that because we know sort of the one and done and all that, but they are. They're a young team, and that goes with any other team around the country. When you're young, you don't have that consistency, and you always kind of have that situation where it's very possible that you could go out, look like you did against West Virginia, 
and then come back in the next game and not look as good. It's just harder for teams that are young that don't have that experience to put it all together. Now, we've seen Kentucky be able to do that in the past, but with this particular team, I don't think it's that surprising because coming into the year, we were all saying, don't be surprised if Kentucky is the third, fourth best team in the SEC. We knew how much better the competition was, and I think it's just a combination of the competition has gotten a lot better, and Kentucky is still really starting to try to figure out how to find their way, and they sort of found a little bit of it in that game at West Virginia. Now, certainly, the, the loss to Missouri is not one that Kentucky fans are going to want to watch again because it was ugly, and it was one of those games where you go know, 20 from the three-point line, uh, you just couldn't hit shots. And so sometimes that happens. I still think from top to bottom, Kentucky is filled with a lot of talent, and if they put it all together, they're still going to be right up there as one of the teams that can make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. It's just a matter of continuing to build off of what they've done so far. And, and look, their schedule's not easy either. If they can come back and beat Tennessee on Tuesday night, then they're going to feel a lot better about themselves. But guess what? It's just as easily seeing them coming back after that and losing at Texas A&M. So it's just about their individual improvement here. They're still really talented, and I think they can still make a run in March. they just got to get some things figured out. You know, and I completely agree with that. The thing about it is, how many of these, you mentioned the youth of Kentucky. How many of these guys do you think are going to come back for the Wildcats? It's a weird question this year, isn't it? Because it seems like every year, it's like you can identify specific two or three, four guys. It's like, well, there's no way. They're gone, 100% sure, and all that. But now it's like, you don't really know. Because it is about that individual improvement, too. And we've, we've talked about that. It's that, you know, it's just some guys don't always develop as quickly as others. And I think there are some teams that, that John Calipari's had there that have developed quicker than others. And certainly when you have guys like John Wall or, or a guy last year like De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, I mean, those guys develop very quickly. And sometimes you just have guys that, that don't mesh well together and they don't build that chemistry as quickly. And I think that's been the case this year with this team. And so... It's a good question because a lot of people will look around and say maybe you could see one of these one guy, two guys going, but it's hard to know probably until we just kind of see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah, and you mentioned Tennessee earlier. What are your thoughts on Tennessee this year? And what seed and how far do you see the Volunteers going? Well, I mean Tennessee, and everybody laughs about how they were picked 13th in the SEC before the season started and all that. And I, you know, I was not one of those that stepped far away from that. I picked. 12th in my rankings, and I even said before the season, I said, I can tell you right now, if there's one team in the ranking that I'm going to regret picking as well as I picked them, it would be Tennessee, and sure enough, that's happening. Tennessee's doing very similar things, I think, to Auburn, in that Tennessee can shoot the ball very well, they don't have a true superstar, although, you know, Grant Williams isn't your traditional flashy super superstar type of player, but he puts out the production of a superstar caliber player. Um, and they've just got a lot of guys that play well together. They, they have that chemistry. And Rick Barnes was talking about that earlier today, actually, on the, the SEC teleconference, was, look, they've got a lot of young guys that have built that chemistry last year. Now that it's going even further this year. They're going to get everyone back next year. And so it, it's scary to think how good they could be next year. But even this year, you, you can look at a lot of things and kind of just realize that, hey, Tennessee could very well find their way into being a number one seed by the time this thing is over with. Uh, their schedule, they've got two really important games coming up here. That Kentucky and Alabama. If Tennessee 
can split those two games, I would feel pretty good about Tennessee's chances to at least lock up a two-seed possibly, uh, just based on the way they're playing now. They just have a toughness that you just aren't finding in many teams around the country. And so I think that it's going to be one of those things where if we're looking up and Auburn and Tennessee are both sitting there, you know, at one or two seeds, it's going to be wild just thinking about that based on where we thought they were, or where we thought they would be entering the season. Yeah, and you know, you, we've mentioned the NCAA tournament in the SEC. Um, how many teams in the, in the SEC do you think may, are going to make the tournament? I've seen the RPI, and you're a stats guy in those. So take, kind of take a sense of the RPI perspective on um, how many teams the SEC will get into the NCAA tournament, you think? Well, to me, it's looking more and more like eight, and I would have said seven probably when the season started. It seemed about right. And I just think, like you mentioned, the value of the RPI, and I'll tell you this too. Everybody sees that I put out the tweets on the RPI and all that and just think that I, I probably believe that the RPI is sort of the, the end-all, be-all. I don't. I think the RPI is very, very flawed. I think it's a terrible resource to be able to really understand teams. But the NCAA tournament committee uses it. And so you have to value it when you know that's the case. And you look around now, eight teams in the, in the SEC are in the top 50 of the RPI. You've got, I think it's 10 now, they're in the top 60. So you have a lot of teams that are going to be right there. And, and like we talked before we came on, the problem is that there really aren't any bad losses. And so people are wondering why the SEC continues to stay so high and why they're projected to get so many bids is because there aren't really any bad losses in the league this year. Vanderbilt is a team right now that's 120th in the RPI. No one else is outside of 80-ish or so. And so that's considered a bad loss from a numbers perspective, but like we talked about earlier, I mean, look at what Vanderbilt almost did at Kentucky. Vanderbilt is a 2-8 and eight conference team, but Vanderbilt is not a terrible team. They're one of those teams that you can look at their overall record and just say, well, clearly they're awful. They, they've been so close on so many occasions, and we know that it's not one of those teams that's truly terrible. So when you combine that to where even if you lose games, you're not really falling very far in the metrics, because everybody's kind of really close together. And so that gives the SEC a pretty good advantage based on how strong the non-conference strength of schedules, the overall strength of schedules are. That has helped a lot. And so I would probably be surprised at this point if it's any less than 18. You know, and I completely agree with that. I mean, and so with that question, how what, what two or three teams can you see making a deep run in March? Well, I'll stick with the Auburn and Tennessee's because – I, I'm probably going to lean more towards them because I trust them more than any other teams in the SEC just because they've been more consistent. We've seen what both of them would do away from home, and I think that's very important too. Even though those, those two teams are still relying on young players, they've been able to win some very good games away from home. And so when you put a team in a neutral court atmosphere in the NCAA tournament, you're going to feel better about their chances than the teams that, that just went home games. And so those will be the two front runners, and I know people will pick them apart, like we, like we said, about their size and all this other stuff. But at some point, it's just a matter of winning games, and both have proven they can beat top-notch teams. Tennessee hasn't went over Purdue this year, and Purdue was a very big team. So we can talk about Tennessee being undersized all we want, but they beat a team with seven footers, and they did that. So you have to give them credit there. So with those two teams, probably before Florida sort of, here, I would have probably put Florida next in line just because 
offensively, they're very good, and we know when they shoot the ball well enough, they can beat anybody. But defensively, they are just not good right now, and it's hard to trust Florida. I, I would still go with Kentucky right there behind Auburn and Tennessee because talent-wise, it's there, and if everything starts clicking, and look, Kentucky's a team, as you know, that's going to not really play on a neutral course. They're going to have home games in tournament atmospheres because we know that the Big Blue Nation is going to be there. So it gives them that kind of edge, too, and maybe that gives them a little momentum even when they're not playing particularly well. So I would put Kentucky right behind that, but I'm still going to trust Auburn and Tennessee as of today more than I will anybody else. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. And we're going to switch gears a little bit. Talk about the SEC basketball recruiting. I mean, SEC basketball is loading up. You look at teams like Vanderbilt, who's gotten two five-stars. LSU's gotten two five-stars. Kentucky, I mean, the talent has spread across the league. Kind of talk talk to us about that and give us your insight into that. Yeah, and I think it's just a matter of, and I think we a lot of people called this before the season, and that's one of the reasons why we said the SEC is going to take a big leap forward was because it's the coaching, and it's the level of coaching that is now in this league from top to bottom. It's as strong as it's ever been, uh, and you look at the coaches. They all have a proven history of being able to recruit very, very well. And now it's not just Kentucky. It's not just Florida. It's, it's a lot of other people. Will Wade, what he's doing at LSU, the guys that he's bringing in, like you mentioned. Um, Vanderbilt, Bryce Drew, putting a class in that's never been done before. Uh, and Vanderbilt. And so that's something where it's not just a couple teams that are stealing all the big-time talent anymore. You're seeing the LSUs, the Vanderbilts. I mean, look what Avery Johnson was able to bring in at Alabama. Mike White getting players in at Florida. Ben Howen, what he had done at Mississippi State. It's the level of coaching that has helped the SEC get to this point is because these guys know how to bring elite talent in and, you know, it's just going to continue to be a dogfight because each and every year, not all the, the, the top players are going to the Kentuckys, the Dukes, and all that anymore. They're still going to get plenty of players. We know that. They're still going to get the, the cream of the crop, probably. But there's good enough players elsewhere that are deciding to go to these different schools, and that's just making it so tough. And that's just going to continue to stock the SEC with a ton of talent here and a ton of depth. And as long as that happens, you're going to see a lot of teams be in that mix every single year for the NCAA tournament. Yes, sir, and I completely agree with that. And we got two more questions, and we're going to let you go. You know, you kind of cover college basketball as a whole. What is the one team that you think is going to cut down the nets if you had to make a prediction right now? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. And it's uh, I've gone back and forth on that so many times. And it's hard to, to bet against Jay Wright and Villanova based on what they've done in recent years. I mean, you look at what they've done this year. Their only loss is at Butler, where Butler just simply, you know, they score 101 points in that game, and they, they couldn't miss. I mean, they hit 15, I think it's 15 threes, and it's just like it was one of those games where everything kind of went against Villanova, and they just couldn't score enough to win. Uh, if you look beyond them, though, I am more impressed with Purdue each and every day, and, you know, a lot of people are going to look at Purdue's past history in the NCAA tournament. They haven't always lived up to expectations, as we know. But they're a team, too. I mean, their, their last loss came on Thanksgiving. That was a long time ago. And so they have won every other game since then. They've beaten teams like Arizona, Louisville. I mean, they beat Michigan, all sorts of teams. And so they've beaten Bowen themselves. And so it's like, I really like this Purdue team. I know people, like I said, are going to hold it against Purdue if they haven't had a lot of success. But that's a team I'd put right there behind them because 
I just think they've got the makeup of a team that you need uh, to win it all. And, I mean, I just, I really like those two teams. Virginia's one, too. I think they're another one you're going to be hesitant on because of their past history. But the, the cream of the crop right now is very, very good. And like we know in college basketball, you could probably see several teams winning it just because of the overall parity this year. Yeah, we're, I'm going to have to completely just agree with you on this one. I mean, those three teams, Purdue, Virginia, I'm very high on Virginia. I like to what Tony Bennett's doing. I mean, his team defensively looks amazing right now. So I'm, I would agree with you on all three of those. So we're going to get to the last question. What are you most excited, excited about to see down the stretch in the SEC? And who do you see winning the SEC tournament if it started today? Well, I think, you know, I would stick with Auburn, like I said, because I just don't think there's another team that in that sort of atmosphere right now that, that has proven they've been able to handle uh, stretches like this. And certainly the tournament is on. It's going to be – the tournament this year is going to be so fun because we mentioned it. I mean, what if you sit here, if Vanderbilt gets to the championship game in the SEC tournament, I know it may be shocking to some people, but it wouldn't be shocking to me because they can shoot the ball so well from three – and it's like, that's the worst team in the SEC. We haven't been able to see that in recent years. And I think now that we see that work, those teams that are playing on Wednesday night could get all the way to Sunday and play for the championship. And I don't think anyone would be shocked just because we, we've seen the upside there. But I think it really is seeing, I think, how Auburn's plays the rest of the way as their, their schedule starts to pick up. And we talked about Kentucky. I want to see Kentucky kind of find that rhythm that they found, you know, in West Virginia. I want to see them build on that consistently because their next three games, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Auburn, and they even had Alabama there in that next fourth game. I mean, that's a pretty tough So if Kentucky can start to find a rhythm in there, I feel a lot better about them. Uh, and then the final thing probably most looking forward to is just seeing that race for those final couple minutes. Yeah, I think a team like LSU you can't count out. They're starting to play better. Can Georgia find their way back in the mix? Can a team like South Carolina maybe? We don't know, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, no doubt. Well, Mr. Blake, we greatly appreciate you coming on the show. We would love to have you back on to talk the SEC tournament when the season's, regular season's finally over. Absolutely, Mitch. Enjoy it, my friend. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too.